Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Dory. What? JK. It's Matt. Hi, I'm Dory. Uh, yes, in case you're wondering, this uh, opening theme song is no longer there. Figured I'd do this at the top <laughs> here so we stop getting questions about it. Uh, just wanted to stop using any copywritten music, even though it's like less than 11 seconds. And, you know, I just figured it'd be easier to just start with the, that weird um, ACAST jingle. That doodly-loop. <laughs> I think that would confuse everyone. Uh if we started with that jingle, what we do? What do you mean? What would confuse everybody? If we started with that jingle, but doesn't it though? Because it's an ACAST show, doesn't? Don't oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so, I was like, "What takes the minimal effort on my part?" And that is that 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 just letting that little jingle do it. Yeah. Um. But it's it's it, so there. That's that. That's the explanation on that. Yeah. Let's yeah, see yeah. other typical questions that we get. Let's knock them all out right now. I don't have any more. That seems to be the one lately. Yeah, I don't have any more either. 
Uh, otherwise, hello. Uh, big week over here. I turned older by, I mean, by a week, really, but also I'm, I'm now what feels like 50, but I'm 38. So, how was your birthday? Let me tell you, it was uh, far and away better than last year. Uh, my wife, Dory, you might know her. She's the co-host of this podcast and another podcast. Yep, that's me. She, uh, I mean, she tried. So, wow, that was the effort alone. <laughs> that was is so pleasing and heartwarming. That, that is, is what rude. <laughs> what do you mean? She she tried. Tried. She did. You did, didn't you? I did. Thank yes. you. And you succeeded. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Oh, I see. I got gotcha. you. Okay. It but sounded just like the effort alone would have been enough. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh huh. Um, I mean, look, we kicked off the day with uh, I got out of bed, and then I was told to get back to bed. Yep. 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 So we're supposed to come get you, and then. Uh, Dorian Henry came in, and we proceeded to open some pre- some presents in a large bag that said "Happy Birthday." That said on "Happy it. Birthday." There was a couple birthday cards in there. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. Henry had done some nice drawings in mm-hmm. some big scribbles, um, and another that uh, Dory had uh, gotten me had not so many scribbles. That's uh, true. And then, you know, she's, she got me a new golf towel, which is on my bag currently, has my initials on it. Uh, she got me one of those cool uh, score, leather score book keeper thingies, like green books that you see caddies using. And it's monogrammed. Has my initials on it as well. Um, uh, and then she got me the 20... If anniversary vital issue of O Inverted World, you know, the Shins debut album from 2000 and fun. Um, and then she was like, Well, what do you want to do? And then I didn't really have an answer. And she had to do a little work, and I said, I'm just going to go try these clubs out. So I left, and I went to the driving range, hit some balls. Then in the clubhouse, I ta- I was talking, and they were like, we have like two hours here where there's like nobody. Nobody has a tea time, so we're just dead. And I was like, really? When? They're like, pretty much from noon on to two. And I was like, give me, give me 1210, and I'll come play golf in the high heat the august heat the noon august heat in the valley and i went out and i played both i was originally going to play nine it was pretty wild because like i played the first hole and i looked behind me and there was nobody so i just drove my cart back up and played the first hole again and then the second hole i played it a couple times like it was really a great practice round Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there were like i was because i was trying to figure out how hard how Far, I was hitting these clubs, and I like was on the fairway of the next hole, and I was like, "Let me hit a couple. Let me hit the eight iron and the pitching wedge, and see which one gets me to the green." And uh, you know, lo and behold, I was out there played twenty something holes, twenty six holes maybe, 
worth of golf. And then I was like, I better get home. It's very hot. I'm very thirsty. I haven't eaten today. Got home and uh, Dory had gotten me a cake, Susie Cakes, celebration cake, number one cake on the planet. Um, so she nailed that, said happy birthday Dida on it. Henry was excited about it, but he was eating a carrot cake muffin. It was very bizarre. <laughs> um, and oh, you forgot about the balloons. Oh yes, there's a three and an eight balloon mm-hmm. uh, that are now they're hanging in our living room right now. So we're gonna keep those till I'm eighty three. Yep. The year I was born was eighty three. So that's true. You know, we can just flip that around and have a great time. Yep. 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 And then we had uh, Holly come watch Henry for the evening and uh, took Dory to the driving range. We decided not to do the golf course because Dory was a little weary of how she would hit a ball, rightfully so, as we discovered at the driving range. And we proceeded to, I proceeded to uh, sort of give Dory a golf lesson. Yeah, you did. Um, and I tried real hard to be a good instructor. She only yelled at me a couple times. Well, I yelled at you because I was frustrated at what I perceived as your like misperception of my golf skill level. Like, you seemed like you were getting frustrated that I like wasn't hitting it well, and I was like, "No, I've never played golf before." No, 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 honey. There's not hitting it well, and there's not hitting it. It's two different things. I was under the assumption that you would vaguely be able to make contact with the ball. I did, and when I assessed that that was not fully the case, I took the approach. Of square one, let's go. Yeah, which I tried to explain to you, and I feel like you didn't really like grasp. I didn't believe it. Yeah, I refused to believe it because yeah. of your athletic prowess. I mean, once I was, once I was instructed, I feel like I got better. But well, so we just essentially we just hit a bunch of chip shots. I was mm-hmm. just showing her how to make contact with the club and the ball. So yeah, um, and she was, you know, she, was, she took it, she took it well. And was doing it. We hit a large bucket over at Weddington. And then, you know, we saw, we were like, what else does Studio City have to offer? Oh, let's go back to Dory's. What was your review of golf? The review of golf was, it was fun. Uh Uh-huh. It was like a good activity that we did together, I thought. Would you do golf again? Yes. Would you ever consider doing golf on your own? Um, I don't know. Maybe. You know, it was difficult because this is very rare, but Dory's also left-handed. So usually I'm used to, like, when I take someone to the driving range, we're face-to-face. So, like, when we're hitting balls, we're face, you know. So, like, if someone needs to show someone something, you mirror it, you know. So that was hard to sort of wrap my head around how to teach someone who was also left-handed. Uh, but you know, she was getting the ball, letting the club do the, all the loft that the ball needed. 
some square strikes. You know, no, no big swings, everybody. We're just we're not there yet. We're not gonna we're not we're not, we're not attempting to do yep. anything, but just start at the beginning. Yep. Um, and then we went to dinner. And also we had that moment again of like it being 5.30 p.m. and us in the car without Henry going like, whoa, this is weird. It's so rare to see the out of doors at this time. Yeah. With the sun on this side of the, <laughs> of the hill or, you know, on this side of the car. It's very strange. Um, yeah. And then we went to dinner. And it was tapas. Guys, I don't know if you know tapas, but it's small and medium-sized plates that are meant to share. So the we really they really want you to get the entire order in at once, you know, and then they'll just send out what they think they need to send out when they need to send it out, they think. <laughs> but they really want you to share. The chef really wants you to share. And what that means is you get one plate for the entire night to put all of the various things on. <laughs> One very small plate. Um, and Dory had a cider and I had a single Diet Coke because our waiter never returned. And you know what? It's okay. They're busy. I get it. Um, then we went home. What, it was 9.30 by the time we got home? Yeah. Felt like. Big night out for 11 us. 11 p.m. That's how late it felt like. I also expect people to go, wow, 11 so late, but. It's not. So, I mean, look, we're old, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember why we got home. And we're both pretty tired. You pretty much just get ready for bed. I don't really remember. Yeah, I think we just got ready for bed. And then I stayed on the couch and, oh, because they released the Joey Votto card and the monthly rewards for MLB The Show. So I was like, oh, got to try to earn this card. Which I still haven't been able to do, but I'm trying. Uh, and then I went to bed at a fairly okay hour. It was Thursday into Friday. Yes. Okay. And then we, I got a car seat, ordered a car seat for my car so that we finally don't have to swap car seats they put the car seat back in my car back in dory's car etc etc uh which will i think eliminate a lot of uh headaches it's gonna be a little easier I which think. i which i suggested several months ago you did but it's still not going to get me around see the beauty of it would be if if both cars could be driven by both people mm-hmm. and like you could just take whatever car was blocking the other car you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah but that's I mean, not the case, so I still have to move a car. That's on you, though. It's on you for not you, wanting to drive my car. Yeah, because your car is too nice. My car is dope. It is a Ferrari Testarossa <laughs> from the set of Magnum P.I. <laughs> yep, that's Matt's car. <laughs> that's a four-door. Uh, anyway... But that was, yeah, so it was a very good birthday, and I, I th- I'd like to thank Dory publicly, uh, not privately. I'd like to thank her publicly for a great birthday and uh, good practice for the big four O in two years. We'll see what she does. I've already had some thoughts. Oh, she had thoughts, everybody. It's yeah. fascinating. So. Um, 
yeah, that was the way. How was your week? How was my like, week? Let's forget about my birthday. My week was fine. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing. Big news over here also. Yesterday, we took, we all went in the pool with Henry for the first time. Yeah. Usually, I'm the Henry pool person. Yeah. Somehow convinced Dory to get in the pool. It was fun. Yep, it was fun. Except that he grabs onto me and just constantly is asking to jump. Yeah. Yeah. Jump, jump. Jump. Anyway. He he has a lot more words. I mean, he's a parrot now, so everything we say. I said shit. <laughs> I almost fell and he said, Sit. <laughs> like, uh you know, like in like in fictional TV shows where you go, oh, that's not how it happens. But it is apparently. They're just little ward sponges he also yeah i mean and he's like picking up on like today he was looking at your little golf putter thing that you have in the house Mm -hmm. and he pointed to the one of the holes and he said big and then he pointed to the other one and he said small and he it's true pointed to the big one and the small there's a big hole and a small hole and he's like very into like up and down yes i like that he can say up and down now if he wants to get down pick up pick up yep (laughs) Um, he says open. Yeah, he says open a lot. He also says no, 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 <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, he's like recognizing colors and shapes and numbers, and it's just it's cool to like see his little brain kind of expanding because you know a month and a half ago he didn't have any of this stuff. Yeah, he didn't have words really. Yeah, and now it's like a little word explosion. Yeah. Turns out, really, all he needed was Miss Rachel, uh, an actual speech therapist, and some pre preschool. Some pre preschool. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's what's happening over here. Yep. What do you got going on next week? Anything you're looking forward to? You got two tennis lessons coming up. Um, I don't start that till next week. Oh, forget it then. Um, I'm having drinks with someone who's going to be in town on Tuesday night. Okay. That's exciting. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, I mean, we'll start the countdown now, but Dory is going to her cousin's wedding. Yeah. Labor Day weekend, which to Dory starts on Wednesday. Wednesday night. And she'll night. be back on Sunday. There. And guess what? I'm staying home with Henry, and we will see. I think I can do it. TBD. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna be it's only gonna be two days without childcare. Yeah, I mean, look, any any time without anything is I don't know. It's like, what? How do I do this? We'll see. Um. So I suggest tuning in right after Labor Day. See how that went. <laughs> um, now, Dodo. Yes. Would you like to tell everyone where to email our fair pod? Oh, yes. Please email us at mattanddory at gmail.com or doryandmatt at gmail.com. Please call us at 413-461-BABY. 
And you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. Oh, also before we take a break, I just want to mention I was on the long form podcast. Um, if people are interested. I was literally waiting for you to tell me the name of it. And it's then, called the long form yeah, podcast. I got that after the after you didn't reiterate the name of it. Yeah. Um so there's lots of talk about New York media in the aughts and the process of writing a book. So if that that strikes your fancy dory's a, a, a treasure trove of information regarding <laughs> the old days of the uh ye old days ye oldy days the, the you know the shins around the shins time uh little little York. little later a little later you know post bell and sebastian post shins thank you yeah new york media you want to know about it you just told dory shafrir <laughs> that you have a question She'll answer it. I will. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like 
you know, the stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those two. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. And we're back. Hello. Hello. If anybody... Has anybody asked you any questions about New York media since we've been gone? No. No one. Wow. Now, Dory, let's see what we got going on here. I feel like last week the help signal went out. That's two L's. Yeah. This week. Yeah. The signal was answered. Yes. But before we get to that, I just want to give a quick update from Sue the one who read my book, not in 16 hours, but in four hours. Um, Sue lives in San Diego, not Boston. She says, living in the East Village near the baseball stadium and taking the fabulous affordable trolley all over town. I mean, I didn't realize that San Diego had an East Village near the baseball stadium. Isn't that the gas lamp district? Hi, San Diego. I, I live in San Diego I used to live in San Diego for four days a year. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have no idea. Petco Park is pretty interesting. I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever watched an actual game that took place in Petco Park. I've been in the stadium, um, and I, you know, sometimes it's the stadium on MLB The Show, and it, to me, it appears like there's like. A balcony, like a series of balconies to the left that you could just land some dingers. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, all right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, we're going to hear from some people about help syndrome, as Matt just explained. Uh, This first email is from Kelsey. I developed help syndrome in my first pregnancy, which resulted in a very traumatic delivery at 28 weeks. My son was in the NICU for months, but has gone on to lead a completely normal life and is a thriving nine-year-old. While my first delivery was premature and traumatic, I was lucky and had no lasting physical effects from the help on my body. My husband and I felt strongly about a sibling for our son and wanted to pursue a second pregnancy, but I was terrified. We were living in NYC at the time, which gave us access to amazing doctors in specialized fields. I spent what felt like months tracking down a maternal fetal medicine doctor who was involved with researching HELP syndrome and made an appointment. My husband and I went in wanting to know if it was responsible to pursue a second pregnancy, and he told us it was, as long as we were willing to accept a 25 to 30% chance that I would have some level of preeclampsia again. He told me that current research indicates that women who develop help twice tend to have it less severely the second time, unless it occurs before 28 weeks. So I was right on the cusp. He also told me about a fellow doctor in his practice who had help with her first pregnancy, but went on to have three additional totally healthy pregnancies. We decided together that we were willing to accept the risk and got pregnant again. My pregnancy was anxiety-ridden. I was seeing a maternal fetal medicine doctor this time around that specialized in high-risk pregnancies. She tested me early on for a blood clotting disorder that is sometimes associated with help, but I didn't have it. She told me that if things started to trend in the wrong direction, we'd start me on daily heparin shots. The only thing I did differently from my first pregnancy was take a daily baby aspirin. The pregnancy was textbook up until week 23, 
When at a scheduled ultrasound, they noticed that the baby was measuring very small and that my placenta wasn't functioning correctly along with the blood clot in my umbilical cord. I was devastated. At that time, she noticed my blood pressure was also ticking up and that my liver enzymes were slightly elevated. She sent me home for a week until we hit the viability mark at 24 weeks and then told me to come back in. At that point, the baby still wasn't growing and my help syndrome's symptoms were not moving in the right direction, so I was admitted. After a few days in the hospital, they delivered the baby as he wasn't thriving, and they felt that I was on my way to developing full-blown help again. If the baby had been thriving in utero, they may have given me a bit longer to watch the help. My second son was born at 25 weeks, weighing only 15 ounces. He lived for about a month before passing away due to complications from his prematurity. At my six-week follow-up, my MFM doctor strongly advised against future pregnancies, but mentioned that I was a great candidate for gestational surrogacy if we wanted to still expand our family. Around that time, my sister-in-law independently offered to carry a baby for us after watching a friend go through the process. We took her up on her unbelievably generous offer, and after a few months on the road with IVF, we had a successful healthy pregnancy resulting in my daughter, Nora. We had one remaining embryo left, so I resonate with the reader's stress surrounding what to do. I thought about it all the time. Ultimately, we decided that if someone approached us about a desire to carry for our family again, we'd try. It had taken four embryos to get Nora, so we didn't think there was a high likelihood that it would work. My sister-in-law who carried Nora had a close friend who casually asked her if we were going to try for another baby as she was interested in being a gestational carrier. She mentioned that we had one embryo left and open to another GC pregnancy. Long story long, sorry, we ended up transferring our last embryo into her and it worked. So in the end, yes, my help pregnancy, my help returned for a second pregnancy that was unfortunately even more traumatic and resulted in a very premature baby that passed away. But I feel strongly that had we not gone through that experience, my sister-in-law never would have thought to offer to carry for us, which changed the fabric of our family forever. So it was mentally, physically, and financially exhausting, but worth it all in the end. I'm a better woman and mother as a result of all of this, but it's taken years and a lot of therapy to get to this point. Best of luck to your reader. With embryos on ice, she should consider gestational surrogacy. We had an overwhelmingly positive response with both of our GC pregnancies. Kelsey, um, who says she's welcome to contact me if she'd like to discuss more. Um, so the original listener wants to reach out to get Kelsey's email, reach out. And she says, I loved Dory's book and have gifted it to two friends already. Well done, Dory. We encourage everyone gifting Dory's book to two friends. <laughs> um, so Kelsey, if you want to, Kelsey actually posted a lot. I, I kind of know Kelsey, um, both through social media and she also came to a reading I did for startup in Portland when she was living in Portland um, a few years ago. She's really great and she's like kind of an influencer and she uh, posted a lot about her surrogacy journey, especially with this last child. So if anyone is interested, you can go look at her Instagram at Kelsey. Her Instagram is Kelsey Nixon. Um uh, Kelsey, all I would say is when you're writing about it, when you put GC pregnancy, it just, I just read that as guitar center pregnancy. So. I think you're the only one. All right. Look. Just saying. Um, Kelsey, thank you so much for writing it. And, and again, um, I'm sorry for your loss of your second son. Absolutely. Um, all right. We heard from a different Kelsey on the same topic. Matt, would you like to read this one? I mean, is this causation <laughs> or correlation? Correlation is not causation. Mm. 
Uh, pause the pod to respond to the help signals. Double L, everybody. I too had severe preeclampsia and help syndrome in my traumatic birth. While we have opted not to risk another pregnancy, our recurrence estimate was 40%. I have a few things I found that might help the caller. The preeclampsia, eclampsia, and help syndrome survivors global support network Facebook group has a ton of people talking about TTC pregnancy. Uh, and birth after one of these conditions. I also found, what is TTC? Trying to conceive. Thank you. Uh, I've also found their guides to be the most comprehensive slash research based on the internet. Sorry, everybody, that you're listening to an IVF podcast and one of the hosts is like, what is TTC? <laughs> We're not an acronym place, you know? We've tried to steer clear for so long. Uh, okay, back to this email. I've attempted all the things for processing my traumatic birth and found EMDR therapy to be the most helpful. At This is all... Okay, here. I'm going to give this uh, Instagram name a swirl. At the birth trauma underscore mama, M-A-M-A, on Instagram. Thank you. Has a lot of birth trauma support. The caller mentioned taking with talking with two OBs, but I would highly recommend that they talk to a MFM. Maternal fetal medicine doctor. They will be able to offer specific recurrence estimates and prevention techniques than an ob- obstetrical backyard again. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) OB. Finally, just wanted to add that assisted reproduction is one of the risk factors for preeclampsia and help. So it's a good idea for everyone to be aware of the symptoms and report them ASAP to your care provider if they come up. That's from Kelsey in 2,100 square feet. The Bay Area husband, baby, dog, zero hot dogs in 2021. Uh, thank you, different Kelsey. Yeah, these are some <clears throat> these are some great resources. Thank you for uh, your sharing them. Um, okay, we have one Real more. <laughs> we have one more email on this topic from Leah. I unfortunately can relate to the listener who had a traumatic and life-threatening experience with help. My biggest recommendation is to have a consult with a maternal fetal medicine doctor. I consulted with one to go over all that happened to me and how we would address those issues in potential subsequent pregnancies. There are autoimmune diseases and clotting disorders linked to help that she can be tested for. If she does have one, that will help to develop her treatment plan in a possible future pregnancy. I did end up trying again. I did end up deciding to try again for another baby. Like you mentioned from the other email, I also did Lovenox injections and took low-dose aspirin. I had lots of extra visits, ultrasounds, and blood work, as well as non-stress tests, NSTs, bi-weekly after 32 weeks, which was when I got very sick during my help pregnancy. I was followed by both an MFM and OBGYN who worked together to manage my care. I was induced at 39 weeks and had a healthy baby. Because that pregnancy went so well with all of the interventions, I decided to have a third child and repeated the same protocol with success. It is entirely possible to have help-free pregnancies after a help pregnancy with careful monitoring, the right treatment, and some luck. However, it was very stressful and scary every time my blood pressure was a little high. I recommend seeking therapy 
to help work through the trauma of your first pregnancy and have support if you do decide to try for another baby. Question for Matt and Dory. Are there any updates on whether or not you plan to try for another baby? I was devastated for you after your last transfer. I I recall you mentioning that you may have some other viable embryos that you initially were told were abnormal. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. On a housing note, in May, we sold our Simi Valley home for $800,000. It was 2,000 square feet, four bedrooms, two bath. We moved to Phoenix for my husband's job and paid $800,000 for a 400 square foot, five- 4,000 square sorry, foot. Sorry, 4,000 square foot, five bed, three bath house, three bath house with a huge bonus room and a pool for two adults, three children, and two little mutts. Wow. One hot dog for me this year, countless hot dogs and corn dogs for the kids. Thanks, Leah. Phoenix. I mean, you went from Simi Valley to Phoenix. Somehow you found a hotter place to live. <laughs> uh, any updates, Story, on whether or not we plan to try to have another baby? Um, I don't have any updates. Do you have any updates? I don't have any full updates, you know? Uh, I think it's interesting. I find that as Henry gets more uh, mature, uh, the desire increases for another child. Because I'm like, oh, I bet if Henry had an older sibling around, he'd have been talking at one. Yeah, I mean, all the kids in his preschool class who have older siblings are all... Yeah, they're all like... Talking sentences. Absurdly verbose. Although, I've also heard it go the other way, that sometimes younger siblings don't talk early because their older siblings like talk for them. I'd take, you know, it would have been nice if someone was around to translate for Henry. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that, that's... Well, it seems unlikely that we'll that we'll be able to have an older sibling for Henry. We've got older embryos than him, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think it works that way. Oh, yeah. all right. But yeah, so that's sort of... It's it's just... We'll see. Like, we have, we have some embryos that are now classified as high-level mosaic. Um, that's the best level you could have, right? No. Oh. Bad level. Low level is better. Gotcha. Um, which our doctor said they have not transferred at our clinic before. They've only transferred low level mosaics. That's not to say that like we couldn't convince Honestly, them to transfer and them. I would say give it six weeks and they'll figure something else out with reading these genetic results. Yeah. Um, so we're running out of time. We're old. Yeah. So I don't know. I I am also. Would you like to be pregnant again? That- what are you doing? I just knocked she over just my water. Couldn't, she just couldn't handle the question. She just kicked things over. She got so excited. So I've actually been thinking about that because... Oh, here, here. I know you want to get back into running. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you cackling I'm about? I'm laughing at like, the idea that you, you know, the idea of you getting back into running because you're finally like, well, I guess I'm not going to have another kid, so I'm going to just start running again. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, could you have been running anyway? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't even know what TTC means. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thought of going through that first trimester again is like not super appealing, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then like that first six months is like pretty rough. Would you consider a guitar center pregnancy? Um, yeah, but I don't think we can afford it. 
Well, that's where you go to Guitar Center and have the baby there. Oh, that's cool. You have to live at the Guitar, you have to live center, guitar center for the entire... And then you have a guitar. You birth oh, a guitar. Oh, my God. What a, um, it's a long wait to have I, a guitar. It's, it's weird. Like I find that my desire for Henry to have a sibling is also increasing, but my desire to be pregnant and have a baby again is like decreasing. Mm. So I feel like... Would you say that it's like a... Would you say that it's almost an even sort of graph? Like, is the graph like... I'm making noises, but making I my think, hands even with I think other? my desire to have a kid is still a little bit higher. But like... um, Yeah, I mean... And like, I am I'm old. No, we should really just do it for the pod, you know? Oh, Let's okay. Let's keep the pod going. You're right. CCRM, look out. I, I don't think we can make more embryos ourselves anymore. I think that ship has sailed. CCRW. <laughs> Creedence Clearwater. So I think our options are like to be like perfectly, you know, frank about it. Um, I think our options are we could try putting in the high level mosaic embryos. Mm-hmm. If those don't work, I think, I think if we, seriously want to have another kid i think our options then are to move on to donor something whether it's donor egg and sperm or donor embryo or whatever i think that's our next that would be our next move they should do one option of a round that is called the poo poo platter and it's like we'll do a donor egg we'll do donor sperm and we'll do a donor embryo it comes with these three items (laughs) all right uh, on that note, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, we're back. Hello. Hope you all had a good scorpion bowl with your poop-poop platter. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's an appetizer platter in Polynesian-themed restaurants and, for some reason, at Chinese restaurants in the Boston area. Uh, which are mostly Polynesian-inspired cuisine. Anyway. No, they're not. That's making me hungry. I know. I would love... Kowloon? Kowloon? Is essentially a tiki bar that also is a Chinese restaurant. Okay. I don't want to get into this. You don't want to get into Kowloon? I'd love to get into Kowloon right now. Love it. Um, All right. This is from Jenny. Our clinic has multiple locations around the country, and we are considering moving our embryos from New York to Denver. I'm wondering if anyone has experience with transporting embryos, sending out the egg signal as I'd like to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is it worth it? Too risky? Thanks. That She must be a CCRM uh, mm-hmm. patient. Oh, tra- moving them from to. Yeah. I think a lot of people have had experience with transporting I agree. Embryos. I mean, I have a friend who lives abroad who told me that they were considering moving an embryo from the United States to a foreign country. So like, look, if we can move Ted, Ted Williams's head around, 
we can do uh, maybe make an embryo happen. Cryogenics. Um, Dory is going to ignore it. Move on. Cryogenics. Which I got to say sure. is very appropriate because <laughs> I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. Yes. Hi, could you please share the name of the YouTube video slash song that you play for Henry? You may have said it before, but I missed it. Thanks. And that is some, from someone with three hot dogs <laughs> and 3,500 square feet in Connecticut. Yeah. Songs for Littles. Songs for Littles. Songs yeah. for Littles. Uh, That's their jingle. Yeah. And the, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, honestly, it's been very helpful for Henry, uh, I think. Personally, I don't know how Dory feels about it. Oh, I agree. Because it's like a big confluence of different things that are happening at the same time. To right. Henry. So it's hard to isolate one. But one. I do think that has helped quite a bit. So yeah, songs for littles and uh, with Miss Rachel. With Miss Rachel, just dive in. Rachel and Jules, and occasionally Rachel's husband. What's also like who's the associate director, music director for Aladdin? I would say Broadway. most of their videos on YouTube, like they recycle a lot of content and just sort of like repackage it in different orders. But that's what kids like. But exactly. And like, they'll have some that are like three hours long. If you just want to like throw your kid in yeah. front of the TV. And if you have a kid that is not Henry, that'll work. Yeah. Um, because they play some songs that make Henry cry. So that's also now it's just like, he's, he's turned into like a little tyrant, an annoying DJ at a party. It's like, <laughs> no, no, we gotta turn this song off. I don't like it anymore. Yeah. What do you mean? You loved this song like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm over it. Uh, okay. Now, we have an email from Mary. Would you like to read it? Sure. Okay. Dear Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Oh, it's first. Perfect. I had some advice for the woman whose sister is worried about leaving the baby behind while traveling and asking for tips on how to manage. I had to go to China for work for a week when our daughter was eight months old. Aside from the joys of pumping from an economy class middle seat on a full transatlantic <laughs> trans-Pacific flight twice, it's a long flight, uh, what we did helped me a lot. My husband sent tons of pictures and videos. Our daughter was too young to FaceTime me. And the Chinese hotel Wi-Fi was really not up to the challenge anyway. But my husband sent pictures of them at breakfast, lunch, dinner, bath time. Just regular intervals all throughout the day. Because of the 12-hour time difference, I'd get a lot of them when I woke up in the morning. But it was still great. This would work even better from a similar time zone. Seeing them relax and smiling and playing and doing their routine helped me feel comfortable and confident being away. And probably helped with letdown uh, for pumping. Some of the pictures, like one where he propped her up in an armchair to take an over-the-shoulder photo of her watching the Gophers football game, were instant classics. Bonus. Came back to a baby newly sleeping through the night when she realized getting up to eat in the middle of the night meant daddy with a bottle instead of mommy with a boob. That was it. <laughs> I went back to China about a year later when she was 20 months old. This time we tried FaceTiming. Uh, a bit, but we did the picture thing again, and that worked for us. Now, of course, I've been home with her around the clock for a year and a half, and she's mommy-obsessed, and I can barely leave the room without her freaking out. Stupid pandemic. Happy potty training. Mary. P.S. Dory, I enjoyed your book. Uh, parenthetical, I was an early-to-average bloomer career-wise, but got married for the first time at 37. Had my daughter right before turning 40 after multiple miscarriages, so there's a lot I could relate to. My one burning question that didn't get answered 
was why did you leave the history PhD program? Parenthetical again. I asked because I'm a history professor, but since we're about the same age, we're probably in history grad school around the same time. And the job market already sucked then. So maybe that's it. So this is so funny because in an earlier draft of the book, I had a little bit more detail about my grad school experience. And my editor was basically like, this is boring. <laughs> I, she didn't quite phrase it like that, but it was like, she's like, we're, we're getting a little in the weeds here. <laughs> um, and she wanted me to basically just like condense it into a sentence. I was like, and then I left grad school. Um, but I have since heard from, like, I would say this is one of the most frequent questions I've been getting. And it's always from grad students or like people in academia. Like they want more detail this, on it. This feels right up your demo, you know? Yes. And so now I'm like kind of regretting that I cut it. Like who cares? I could have had like a paragraph See, about it. on the paperback. Yeah, maybe they will. Um, okay. My like TLDR about leaving grad school is I realized that I didn't love teaching and teaching is like a big part of being a professor. And then <laughs> I would, you know, and then I, and then the other part of being a professor, a history professor is like, you know, doing a ton of research and like being in archives. And, and I just, it just like, wasn't, I didn't, I didn't love it. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was for me. Um, and, and, I have to say, I also got kind of depressed at the thought of like working so hard and so long on something that like maybe 13 people would read. Like, not that my, you know, what I write needs to be, everything needs to be like, you know, viral. But there's something about that that just like seemed kind of grim to me. Like you spend so much time and so much energy on like writing your dissertation or your books. And they're always they're you know, in academia, you have to be so specialized or, you, or your, your yeah. books at least have to be so specialized that like really the only people reading them your are students. like not maybe your if students. You if you, your yeah, field, if yes. you, if you put it on your syllabus and you make people buy it, sure. But like That's what they all do. other people just buying it are only going to be the people like in your specific field, maybe. And I don't know, there was just something kind of grim about that to me. And of course that is not the case for most people. I asked Dory this question early on in our, in our, in our relationship. And from what I remember, your answer was I didn't want to teach. And what the hell else am I going to do with the history uh, degree. Well, there. I mean, there were there are some things you can do with a history PhD. Like Apparently you could go to China twice. You can work in an archive. You can work in a museum. You can work at a nonprofit. But like none of those like really appeal to me. And also like you don't necessarily need a PhD for those jobs. Like you could probably do a lot of them with a master's. And it was just like, is this really what I want to do? Um, and then. On top of all of that, as Mary mentions, the job market is just horrible. And like, I mean, you have zero, you basically have like zero control over like where you're going to live because you have to go where the jobs are. And right. that could be, who knows, if you even get a tenure track job, well, like you could just be 
adjuncting for the rest of your life. That's kind of like what it's like in the television industry, too. You have no control over where you live outside of the fact that, I mean, you can pick a neighborhood in the greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> and you're making so much more money than you make as a history professor. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Um, okay. This is from Kathy. Dory, I just finished your book and I hope it's okay to write in and ask a few questions. First, your book was amazing. It was like meeting up in real life with a longtime internet friend you finally met in person and getting to know them. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm dying to know if you gave a heads up to people from your past that you would be writing about them. Specifically your ex, John, do you know if he read your book and do you know where he is now? Any others? I did not give a heads up to people from my past that I would be writing about them. I don't know if John read my book. I do know where he is now because I Googled him like probably a year ago. For the book? No. Ah. Just he like came up in a conversation and I was like, what's he doing now anyway? And I Googled him. And I was like, oh, or that's your, weird. What were the results regarding like, uh, I guess what I'll say is, did it surprise you? Uh, Not really. Okay. It yeah. wasn't that surprising. Um, okay. I also wanted to wish you all the best on your upcoming Disney trip. We went in March and had a blast. It was my second time bringing the kids. We also stayed at Art of Animation and my girls loved all the statues of characters around the resorts, around the resort. The big blue pool is awesome too. I highly suggest renting a stroller if you want one less thing to bring. We use Kingdom strollers and they were awesome. They deliver and pick up right from your resort. Also, Matt, I too never thought I would use a travel planner for my Disney trips as I consider myself a Disney expert, but honestly, they're the best thing as a busy working mom and all the changes happening at Disney. They mm -hmm. took care of it all for us, including dining reservations and park reservations. And it's totally free. And with the insane current wait times to get a hold of Disney on the phone, if you have any issues, it's totally worth it. Also embrace and use mobile ordering as it is a huge time saver. Have fun. Thanks for all you both do. And continuing the podcast, it's the best on Monday morning. Kathy with two donor egg girls, two and five, one husband, one fat cat, and one 80-pound lab mm -hmm. pit mix. 1,850 square feet in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Zero hot dogs this year because, ew. <laughs> um, that's... I mean, look, I'm already a big... I'm a, I've always been a big mobile order fan from the time that I, that I think that Disney offered it on the thing. So... I get that. And also the idea of having someone take care of all those phone calls and waiting online for these reservations to open up. Very appealing. Um, so a listener very, I think, I think we mentioned this on the Patreon. I don't think we mentioned this on the actual show. Uh, um, a listener who had written to us on a previous episode and mentioned that they were a travel agent. Um, she reached out to us and offered to help us with our planning, even though we had already made hotel reservations. So, which means like she's not going to make any money off of us, but she's already been super helpful. And I would recommend her. She's also an egghead. So like good people, good people, you know, she's good people. Um, her name is Nassim Kansari. So if you are looking for a Disney travel agent, I would, definitely recommend her and she um she has an instagram wait a second don't 
Dory is now going to look for the Instagram. Okay, there it is. No, the the link from her sig file signature file was did not work. So, um, okay, she has an Instagram at Magic and Saffron. So head to Magic and Saffron Instagram for all your Disney booking needs. Yep. Now, Dory, this brings me to the Carrie portion of the show. <laughs> Do you want to read this? Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. I've been meaning to write in for months. Every time you guys discuss hot dogs and Matt rails against Hebrew National and talks about natural casings, I shout, get some Kogels in my head. Kogels are a Michigan brand of hot dogs. They're not out here. And it's basically illegal to buy other brands here. My husband used to work at their factory, and he said that it was so clean you could eat off the floor. <laughs> All right, challenge accepted. Please get some Kogel Viennas. They have a snap when you bite them from the casings. You can order them online. Oh, interesting. Okay. I also love recommending... Uh, I also recommend the pickled ring bologna, even though I know it sounds disgusting. It's great. Local dive bars make redneck charcuterie with slices of the ring bologna and cubes of Colby Jack and Ritz crackers. It's right up my alley. I'm fucking constantly eating cheddar and wheat them so you get it and she, uh carrie goes on to say that she promises she's not affiliated with kogels that's from carrie 2200 square feet in flint michigan husband two dogs newborn science baby gone through at least two packs of viennas this year nice apparently i paused the pod about five minutes before another listener wrote in re kogels so i guess i'll just co-sign their kogel suggestion i have no memory of the other kogel suggestion there was. My brain is mush. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Carrie. And thank you, previous Kogel suggestioner. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the podcast, which also brings us to the most important part of the podcast, where we thank those who support the show on Patreon. You can do that, too, and get up to two bonus episodes a month at patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Huge thank you to those supporters. If you go five $5 or above... You get your name right on the podcast each month in addition to that bonus pod. Uh, you also get the back catalog, so there's an F-ton there. Thanks to Aaron. Aaron Gudge. There goes the Gudge. Aaron Turley. Frederick Roy. Greg Watchorn. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Hillary Berry. Jackie G. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Grigsby. Jessica Manilovich. Julia Schulenberg. Schulenberg. That's what I meant to say. Julie McLaren. Kane McCall. Caitlin Donahoe. Karen Thickershi. Kat C. Uh, Kate in Chicago. Catherine Lene. Catherine Shimon. Katie Regan. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestry. Christopher Fonagy. Kinsey Hamilton. Laura. Laura Dodge. LFB. Liesel. Lindsay Gish. Lene Wynn. Lisa Travis. Liz. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegar Peterson. Mary Jo George. Maud Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Roth. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike Zydek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. There it is, everybody. Thank you to those people. I'm singing an outro song. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.